to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, and I have a very special guest with us here today. Her name is Deb Boulanger, and she is the CEO of The Great Do-Over. Deb helps women and men to get out of corporate and start a profitable business, and then she also helps them when they might be experiencing some challenges in their business, and she really helps people to do things over so that they can lead a happy, successful, and profitable life. I'm also super excited to be talking to Deb because she is one of the incredible hosts on the She Leads Podcast Network, which is a network of podcasts that are for women, by women. So welcome, Deb. Thanks so much, Adrian. I am delighted to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a really great conversation because as we were talking before we uh, sort of got on the air here, you know, there are so many things, aspects to launching a business and to even just getting out of the corporate world, getting out of the corporate mindset is probably the hardest thing to do. And so I'd love for you to sort of tell people a little bit about your journey, and then how you came to be the CEO of The Great Do-Over and what you help people to do. That sounds great. So I was in the corporate world for about 25 years, and it was great because it was like a family I grew up with. And I was able to see new problems in the company and say, hey, I want to go fix that. And the CEO would say, okay, Deb, go do that. And as the company grew and went from a $25 million company to a billion dollar company, I was always this intrapreneur who was taking on new projects, launching products and programs for that company. And one day after I had launched most of the flagship programs, like these were the things that the salespeople had that were super easy to sell. I said, I want to own one. I'm tired of handing them over to product managers who get all the glory when they succeed in the marketplace because my secret sauce was really creating things that sell. And uh, so I decided to keep one and I grew that business from nothing to 32 million in 30 months. 
And then I was like, whoa, now I'm responsible for this big operation and 53 people. And I'm not an operations leader. I'm a creator. I'm a launch professional. And at the same time, there were some things going on in my personal life. I was getting a divorce. I was hitting menopause. <laughs> I, uh, I just had it, you know, it was like, where's that do-over button? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I made the leap. I decided, um, you know, I went on a 10-day silent meditation retreat to kind of figure out who I was and what did I want to do in this world. And the idea came to me that I had done my own do-over from a complete do-over perspective. I had left the corporate world. I had a health coach. I had completely, I did over what I was eating. I was meditating, doing over what I'm thinking. And that left room for me to to allow some insight and inspiration. And it just came to me, you know, I need to help other women do over their lives. And now that I have a path, I have a formula, I know how to do it. Let me share it. And that was the first iteration of my business. And I guess part of our conversation today is like, as an entrepreneur, sometimes your first idea isn't your only idea. And the great do-over actually became a whole suite of products and programs focused on helping mostly women and, yes, some men reinvent themselves and create new opportunities, create new ways of making money, create new businesses, and even do-over businesses that aren't working well. Yeah. You know, first, I want to almost, you know, rewind because your experience in corporate especially during probably the 90s and and the 2000s, you know, what you spoke about that there were products that needed to be launched and, you know, your your boss said to you, like, go ahead, Deb, go, go do this. That is an atypical experience for a lot of women. So the fact that you had that, had those opportunities and you sort of built that muscle, you were able to actually put into practice what some of your, you know, ideas were. I think that that is absolutely incredible and probably why you have the confidence and why you had the confidence, even if you didn't know it, but to go out on your own, you knew that you could create something out of an idea. And I just think that that is incredible. And what a great company that it was that you worked for that, you know, uh, sort of gave you that opportunity to do that, which is awesome. Yeah, it was a, a great company. And, you know, I'll drop their name. It was Gartner. And uh, it was a great company to work for in that way. And I always knew that you get what you asked for. You know, so if there's any inequity in the workplace and you find out your male peer is making more money than you do, then, you know, just asking that question, is there a reason? Is there a reason why he gets paid more than me? You know, just explain that to me is just the way to get that fixed. And it did give me some confidence that, yes, I knew how to launch things. I probably had too much confidence because it was much harder when I made the leap because it was a whole different ballgame being your own CEO and wearing all the hats and not having a sales force, not having a marketing department and all of that. But um, yeah, it was really a great opportunity. It was great groundwork for what I do now. So when you when you help people to uh, sort of make that leap from corporate to entrepreneur, do you find that the challenges, like the greatest challenges for women in particular, are the you know putting together of the business plan and figuring out you know like like the things to do, or do you think that 
mindset plays a part in in going from corporate to entrepreneur? I know I can speak for myself (laughs) what the issue was, but I just sort of want to hear based on your experience and the people that you work with, what are, you know, what is the greatest challenge? Well, mindset is huge, right? Because whatever self-sabotage pattern you have, whatever belief system you have, just gets amplified when you're faced with fear right? Fear of not being good enough, fear of not having enough money or not making enough money. Uh, Because let's face it, most people do this because they want to replace the paycheck they left behind and they want to make more impact with their work. So mindset is a, a huge piece of this. So it's almost equal measure. What, how are you managing your inner game as well as how are you managing the step by step of launching your business. And I I think at first, you know, I think some people spend too much time on the business plan and not enough time like creating demand and finding people who are interested in your idea. So my process is really scrappy. I'm a very scrappy entrepreneur. I, I build things quickly. I test them quickly. If they don't work, I pivot quickly. And I think that is the big thing is that most women who are just getting started, they want everything to be perfect. They want it to look good. You have to have a beautiful logo, a really nice website, and you have to, you know, be sure that your product is all lined up. And the best thing to do is just actually just get out there and and start talking about it, sell something, get a client, and then see what you learn. Because I don't know about you, Adrian. I mean, I want to hear about how you first started too. I have grown and changed and become so much smarter as an entrepreneur over the last eight years by just being brave and experiencing stuff. So you have to kind of get past to circle back to the mindset issue. You got to get over yourself. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much that you've said in, in, in there that I'm like wanting to jump into. I mean... You know, first, what I was thinking is that there are, you know, many women we have sort of been conditioned and taught to get the A, right? Mm -hmm. You do all the things, you follow the rules, and you work hard, you keep your head down, and you get the A. And that doesn't necessarily mean that then you get the money that goes along with the A. And I think that that is something that really, really holds women back. I think it's changing. Um, But I know that, you know, even when I was going through school and then into corporate and everything, there was a certain um, set of behaviors and rules to follow that if you, it was at least it was, you know, fed to us that if you did this, you would be successful. And I fell for that hook, line and sinker. (laughs) And even being in corporate, you know, I was a very good corporate person, even though I was entrepreneurial, even though I was bold, even though, you know, I was a woman that was in the company of, you know, powerful men, many times being the only woman seated, you know, seated at the table, Mm -hmm. there was like a certain mindset, and I knew what to do, like those rails were on. And once I decided to, 
you know, I say, go out on my own. Those are the words that I use. And I probably need to reimagine those words because it it's not on your own. There are always so many people that are there right. to like help and support you. But so, I mean, that was just an epiphany that I just had. <laughs> I mean, I've never said that before, but I've been doing just as a side note, I've been doing like a lot of like mind work lately. And I feel like I've been having all these like little epiphanies and I am approaching 50 this year. Um, so yeah, so maybe, maybe it's like the clarity that comes, but you know, so I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll reimagine it right now. So, uh, you know, when I launched my business 10 years ago, I, I did it with the same mindset and perspective as I had in corporate. And I thought if I was professional, if I, you know, followed all the rules and did all the things that there would be no reason that I wouldn't be successful because I was successful in corporate without anybody's like, you know, paving the way for me. I wasn't part of an old boys network. I I, I worked my ass off and I was smart and I, I did all the right things. So this mindset piece has been the single most challenging thing for me over these last 10 years. And I, I, that, you know, that pattern of thinking is, is worn so deep with me. It's like the Grand Canyon and it's not producing the results that I want. So I finally realized that I need to do a do-over in my thinking and, and change my, my thoughts so I could eventually hopefully change the results. So yeah. And, and I just think to myself, I can't be the only one that has held on to some of these things for so damn long because it's like the past and the corporate was my, my, my glory days, success years and entrepreneurship has kicked my ass. Wow. So a couple of things there, cause yeah, this is such a rich discussion. So to, look at some of the things that you've brought up is that our minds are like quarters houses. So just let me use this as a metaphor. And if you can imagine that there's so much accumulated stuff from years of not cleaning it out, and we're not even conscious of it. So first of all, yay for you for the level of awareness and all the ahas that you're having. And yeah, part of it is the wisdom of of living more years on the planet. But I also know a lot of, you know, 30 and 40 year old women who are who don't seem to be so encumbered. So it could be our generation. I'm not really entirely sure. But there's so much in, in there that there's no room for insider inspiration. And there's also this you know, am I, it's like this culture is, or at least women in this culture are stuck in this pattern of, you know, am I worthy enough? Am I good enough? And as I look back, I, I think no matter how much money I made in the corporate world, no matter how much success I built for someone else, as I look at my entrepreneurial career, it's the most successful I've ever been. And mm, I have wow. learned how to overcome fear learning to trust. And the thing that comes to mind, I know I'm jumping around here, but it's we give things meaning that they don't have. So if you try something and it doesn't work, then like if you give a webinar and 
no one signs up for your your thing at the end, then you think, oh, there's something wrong with me. You know, no one wants to buy from me. And and that's like the mindset trip that people get into where you make it mean something when it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so funny. So that is so much uh, about like the mindset work that I've been doing. I actually use this thing and I, I stumbled across it. Somebody introduced me to uh, this other uh, podcaster. Uh, her name is Brooke Castillo and she has this thing called the model. And the model is these five different lines, she calls them. And it's circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. And so it's like your your thoughts are the things that cause your feelings. And then your feelings are the things that make you take action. Like they prompt the action. Exactly. And, the, and then like the action is the thing that gets you the results. So if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not worthy, then the action that you're going to take is eat a pint and Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's me. <laughs> but the thing is, um, you know, we're not even aware that the awareness comes when you can connect the emotion to the thought because no, most of the time the thoughts are unconscious and you notice the feeling, you notice fear, right. you notice the anxiety. And so the muscle that the emotional muscle that you develop is being able to connect. Well, what's the thought? What is the thought that I'm having that's generating that feeling? And the best work I ever learned how to do that transformed how I think and transformed my life was the work of Byron Katie. And Mm. that's where you actually take these thoughts and you explore them like objects, you know. So we're attached to these thoughts. We believe them. We we give them agency over our, our lives and then they direct our actions. But if you can objectify the thought, and Buddhists are really great at doing this, you can do this in meditation. There's so many angles that you can get at it. But the easiest way is to do the inquiry. Is it true? Can I absolutely believe it's true? And what happens to me? Who am I? What do I do? What do I don't do? And how do I feel when I believe the thought? Yeah. Yeah. This this is it. This is the work. And I, I think I've been diving into it so much. And it's exactly what you're describing. And I do think that a lot of Brooke's work is based on Byron Katie and and so many other like very wise people. But yeah, if it's like really having that objective point of view and saying that your mind is is doing something that your mind is designed to do, it's okay, you know, it's fine. But let's really take a look at it and ask, like, is it true? Is this really the truth? And in so many cases, it's like, no, your mind is just doing something that is trying to protect you in some like convoluted way. <laughs> I know. It's like we're not even actively <laughs> thinking you're being thought. You know, if you if you realize that you, your mind is thinking before you even open your eyes in the morning and that's starting already to dictate your day. So, yeah. you know, I think, <laughs> yeah, I know. And so it's a matter of, no, I'm going to take control out of this. So before I even get out of bed in the morning, I'm laying there in gratitude and getting excited over what's going to happen today. And the Mm -hmm. other thing, Adrian, which has really been a growth muscle mostly over the past year is developing trust Mm -hmm. and developing trust in that I'm not in this game alone, that I am fulfilling my mission here on this planet. Mm 
And that by doing the work that I do, I help other women get more freedom, earn more money, and have more control over their lives, which builds confidence, which just builds so much, has such a big ripple effect because of everyone in their lives that they will now impact. And that all my needs are always taken care of. Now, I am a single mother of a child in college, and I live in a resort community. I like my lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. that means that I have a fairly significant monthly nut to crack, and I am earning all my own revenue. It's amazing. And so... I've learned to trust. So there's no luxury. You know, once a long time ago, there there was this in the, was it in the 90s? Yeah, it was in the 90s. I think there was this television show called Inside the Actor Studio with James Lipton. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Do you remember yes. that? Yes. So once James Lipton was interviewing Harvey Keitel, which at that time I was living in Tribeca in New York and Harvey was part of the neighborhood, but he said something in that interview, which was fear is a luxury. Mm. And I wrote that down. And right now, fear is a luxury for me. I don't have room in my life for fear. I'm showing up every day. You know, it's all about being seen Mm. and heard, believing in yourself, identifying, you know, what's important now? What's important now in my market? What do I need to be providing? Where's the gap? Where do I have the skills to provide a solution? So just as an example, during COVID, when we hit the pandemic, my pandemic pivot was creating a program called Standout Webinars. And I created that program because the main way that I get clients is through delivering really rich online training and then inviting people to have a conversation on what it would be like if they worked with me. Yeah. And so that is my, that's how I close business. And that's how when COVID hit, I wasn't really interrupted that much. There were some bigger contracts that I had on the table that got deferred, but my process for generating revenue was not impacted. And I decided it was important to teach that to other people. Yeah. You know, I love that. And it's, I think what's really important in, in so much of what you've said is you're doing this work and you're not, of course you want to reach quote unquote, as many people as you can, but the strategy is more about the one-on-one connection. And I see that as like a huge trend, this building relationships, this one-on-one connection. Yes, you want to be able to be in front of as many people as you can so that they can discover you. But it's not about putting together some generic like thing that a million people buy. You are really looking to impact people to transform their lives. And that in and of itself is, it's it's incredible on the one hand. And then on the other hand, if you can sort of, you know, create these people with these new mindsets, that is truly a movement. I mean, it's so important for me, so for women to know that, if they want to choose to be an entrepreneur, that they can do it, that there are resources out there, there are people out there to help them. Like, 
it is not something that is impossible. And so I love the work that you do because you're giving these people, you know, the support, the tools, the resources, the information in order to do it. And so, you know, I admire greatly what it is that you're doing and you're really smart. So it's not bullshit. <laughs> no, no bullshit here. Yeah, this is a no hype zone, my friend. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you said a, a key thing, which is, you know, this empowerment. I truly believe entrepreneurship is the new feminist movement. And I don't yeah. think I'm alone in that. If women are in great numbers, leaving their corporate careers at the height of their earning potential, because there's this lack of fulfillment or this, I'm tired of fulfilling someone else's vision or someone else's mission. And I want to be in service to myself. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't want to be an absentee parent. And that was part of my motivation as well. My son was 13 when I made the leap. And mm -hmm. I was tired of missing parent-teacher conferences and all the soccer games and all of that. And the other thing you said was that this interpersonal connection, and you're so right. I mean, the number one thing you can do when you decide that, oh, maybe I do want to launch a business, is just to start talking to people, is just to start vetting your idea and getting people's input on it and honing it, fine-tuning it, spotting the patterns and what people are saying, getting validation, validation, like write that down. Validation is like the number one thing to get when you're first getting started. And you don't need millions of people. In fact, if you start something that's a low-end product that you think you know, thousands of people will subscribe to, that's a going out of business strategy when you first start out. It is the people and the relationships and the people that you'll work most closely with that will drive the majority of your revenue. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think something that is super interesting too, I know you do a, a lot to market. It's strategic and all ladders up to, you know, your your program and your coaching. But you also took the leap and started a podcast, which I think is incredibly, you know, bold on the one hand. And the other thing that I love about the, the reason why you chose to do it is because this platform, especially podcasting, you know, even I think even more so than like, you know, Facebook Live or whatever, this platform has the ability to literally, you know, sit in people's ears and, and be absorbed into their, their being. So it's, a way that people can really get to know who you are and they can listen without you even knowing that they're sort of listening. And when you do invite them to speak to you, they are super warm to you because they've just listened to you for probably a couple of months. So, you know, I, I guess maybe the question that I have in that is like, what prompted you to start the podcast? I hate getting made up in order to talk to people. <laughs> like that's the God honest truth. I don't want to have to be on Facebook Live and, you know, get perfectly made up and worry about what I'm wearing. And I'll I'll postpone that. Like I'll procrastinate going live. With the podcast, mm. and I know now we're talking about, you know, maybe we'll do a YouTube channel with it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to get made up for that. But anyway, and I love to share. 
And so it was just so logical for me when I, I don't even remember when I first thought about it. Was it you and I had a conversation about it? But whenever we started talking about it and everything fell into place, I mean, the name Life After Corporate just kind of came out on my journal and really mm-hmm. connecting with women who are making that leap, which is a growing trend. So it is a gap in the marketplace. But you're so right on that relationship and that intimacy with listeners. And there was one woman, Sharon, if you listen to this, I'm shouting out to you, who found the podcast, mm-hmm. wrote me a review saying, happy accident, found me on LinkedIn, joined my Facebook group, came to a webinar and became a client. That's amazing. I know. And I was just, that was when it was like, oh, proof validation podcasts are a great top of funnel tool to connect with your audience. And it develops that know, like, and trust factor. I mean, think of it. Anytime someone subscribes to your podcast and actually listens to an episode, that's a micro conversion. They're already doing business with you. They've invested their time in listening to what you have to say. So I'm I'm a big mm. podcast lover. I can't wait to do more. And uh, yeah, thank you, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. And I, I love that you're part of the She Leads Podcast Network, which is really all about providing a platform for women to get their thoughts, ideas, and opinions out into the world. And I think that there's also this other sort of benefit of podcasting that it, that goes to the host. And at least I've found this. When you're, you know, when you're talking like this, when you're interviewing people or doing any type of a solo episode, you are really listening out loud to your thoughts and you're able to go super deep on your thought leadership. And so it's like, you know, of course we all want clients and all of that, but I think it's, it's akin to journaling right? You, you really refine your ideas. You listen into what you have to say. And it's just such a, um, it's like a little bit of an educational platform on yourself that you can then transform into any type of thought leadership that you want, whether that's, you know, writing a book eventually, or, you know, putting all of your amazing ideas into a program or whatever it is. Um, so I, I just, you know, I'm obsessed <laughs> with podcasting and I just think there are so, so many benefits and I, I just wish, you know, for the world that more women would actually start podcasts because we need, we need to hear from many more women. We need to hear so many more diverse voices yes. and like, this is the way to do it. Yeah. I would love for you to tell people about your Launch Lab program because uh, it's it's awesome. I think it's starting again soon. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to yeah. find the words. We're enrolling. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because, Launch Lab is open for great. enrollment. And uh, agree with you 100% on the women and podcasts and amplifying your voice and getting diverse voices heard. It's so vitally important. And you find your voice by using your voice. So it's it's so interesting. So on in the Launch yeah. Lab, what I learned and what broke my heart after I made the leap was I had that launch experience, right? So I was a, a launch executive. It was my job. So I knew how to do that. And most women were leaving the corporate workforce, have a big idea, 
I'm going to build a website, put out my shingle, and if I build it, they will come. And it was crickets. And they were investing money. So it's not like they were trying to go it alone. Some try and go it alone, but others usually try and seek out classes and courses. How do I build a course online? How do I start a group program? How do I you know, build a million-dollar funnel? How do I get 10,000 followers on Instagram? I mean, there are bright, shiny objects everywhere you turn. And so they were investing a lot of money and then following, like you said, following step by step by step by step, doing everything right and not having the results. And they weren't having the results because no one wanted to buy what they were selling. And that was, I mean, I'm talking about people who wrote books, who launched a group program and never were able to make any money. I'm talking to people, women right now, who have been in business for two years and have hardly closed any clients, you know, maybe one or two here or there. Mm -hmm. And so there's something off. So whether you're just getting started or you've been at it a couple of years and you're struggling, what the Launch Lab is all about is finding that gap in the market. What is that that problem that needs to solve that you can own? You can own that space. You can be the one who dot, dot, dot. And how do you package and price your services so that you create a money-making business model? And we actually reverse engineer that corporate paycheck that you're looking to replace. And can you get there? And what would that take? And test out that big idea. And through the testing, there's refinement and there's new ahas. And most people end up pivoting in the launch lab, not two years after they launch. Mm. So you're much more likely to hit the ground running and you have more confidence because you know what you've packaged and what you're you're saying about it, how you're messaging it is landing. And so therefore, it's going to be easy to sell. So I basically took everything that I did in the corporate world. I broke it apart and step-by-step bring people through a uh, five-step process over 12 weeks. And uh, you emerge with clarity on your business idea and confidence and being able to talk about it and understanding who your clients are so you can Go out there, amplify your voice, get a podcast. Yeah, start a podcast. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And, you know, I would also add that I bet you that there are people that even if their business was very successful and earning revenue and everything with this pandemic, you know, the, that market and that market fit has dramatically changed. You know, for some people, it stayed the same. For other people, it's modified. Others, the market is completely different. So is the Launch Lab also good for people that, you know, look, they were profitable. They were doing great, but now the market Mm -hmm. changed. Yeah, especially people whose businesses were dependent on delivery in person. Yeah. And, you know, they had a great model. Now, how do we pivot? How do we do a do-over and pivot to something that's online? And there's... There's one of four things that's that could be wrong if things aren't working, if you're not able to successfully go out there, meet, attract your ideal clients into conversations and convert them into paying clients. It's either you're focusing on the wrong buyer or you are focusing on the wrong offer. It's not priced or packaged effectively, or you're not messaging it the correct way in a way that's really landing with them. And so if you've been in business for a couple of years and struggling with those things, then then those are the four areas that we look at. What, what about the people that they are saying to themselves, well, like, 
I might be not doing very well right now, but I'm just waiting for things to go back to normal. I'm so glad you asked that because when I was thinking about our conversation today, I was thinking we need to talk about money and we need to talk about investing in yourself. And there's this strategy, there's this fear. So you talk about mindset. There's this fear of not having enough. And so if I invest in myself, if I invest and then I won't have it in the bank. Yeah. And what we're talking about is building assets that return. So the reason why I created the whole standout webinars is it's a really quick way for you to create something that's an asset for your business that has an immediate return of getting you new clients. And that's why we invest. I mean, I know you and I, Adrian, we invest. We invest in our own coaching and continuing education and learning new skills to become more nimble, more excellent, more capable. I mean, I know you and I both have big dreams of seven seven figure businesses, you know, yep. moving our six figure businesses to seven figure businesses. And you don't do that alone. You don't do it alone. You need to work with people who have successfully gone before you that you can trust, yeah. who are you know, trustworthy, who have a track record, who have a methodology. And it's not a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter course that you're going to suddenly emerge with a million-dollar business. It's a lot of hard work as we started out this conversation talking about that that this isn't an easy path. If you want the easy path, stay where you are and collect the paycheck. Yeah, This is the harder path to follow and the most rewarding path. And you don't need to struggle. Yeah, I love that so much. And yes, you know, just there's so many things that I like want to, you know, circle, you know, women, we need to talk about money, we need to have very bold, open, non sugar coated conversations about money and how much we need. And and we have to be able to have those conversations with other people that we trust so that they can see where we are, and then what it's going to take to get to the next level. So I'm 100% behind you on that. And then, you know, just everything that you're talking about with the the launch lab and the standout webinars. I mean, I'm like, okay, I got to sign up for that. <laughs> I have to sign up for them <laughs> because it's true, you know, investing in yourself, getting the knowledge, gaining the experience, being in community with other people that are of that same mindset is critically important. If you surround yourself with naysayers and like, why are you trying that? You're wasting all of this money. You're going to fail. And you need to surround yourself with people that say to you, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to help you get there. And we're going to we're going to cross that finish line together. I just love it. And ask yourself, am I worth investing in? Am I willing to bet on my own success? Yeah. And that answer should always be yes. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Unless, you know, and if you have the ability to analyze your situation and say, hey, I need to pivot. There's something not working here. But most women give up too soon. It's like, oh, I have the webinar and no one signed up for my offer. Well, guess what? Your job just started. That was the first step in building a relationship with someone. Now give them something else to consume. Continue the conversation. Make an offer. Ask and why stand it went your wrong. Value. Ask why they didn't sign up collect information from that objective point of view. Exactly. Just say, hey, do you have 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. 
so good and be open to, you know, the possibility of really negative feedback. Because if they say, I hated this, you, you know, droned on, didn't give me what I wanted, then you can do the opposite and test that. But we have to remove the emotion of it. Like you suck. (laughs) It's just that what you delivered wasn't it didn't land, like you're saying with the messaging. So yeah, I mean, I, I just think there's so much there. And and I, I wish that young women were taught, and it's probably everybody, but I'm super focused on women. I wish that young women were taught early on in our educational journeys that being objective and, and getting curious about things instead of taking things to heart would serve us so much better. Yeah. Just be curious, ask questions. Yeah. Seek answers. And it's not about you. You know, don't, don't give things meaning that they don't have. It's not about that there's something wrong with you. It's just something's not landing. And so this is where the analytical mind is your best friend. It's like, let's just tease this apart and figure out what piece of this isn't working so that we can. And and as Tony Robbins would say frequently, it's a two millimeter shift. It's not like you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's a small shift in either how you're messaging or how you're offering it or your style. And once you change that and uh, get over yourself, then you'll connect. It's all about connecting with other human beings. So just having conversations with people and not sending them like links in LinkedIn Messenger, like, I, you know, <laughs> consume my program or download my thing. It's about, hey, thank you for this connection. I would love to learn more about your business. Can you share with me who your ideal client is or what you're trying to achieve? I'm happy to open up my network and being sincere about that, not having your next message say, oh, buy my thing. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think love authentic that. connection is what people are looking for. And women naturally love being in community. So creating communities for that conversation. And Facebook is great for that, to create an active community conversation around that. And you're great at that too, Adrian, with the Mighty Networks and She Leads. Thank you. So Deb, how can people connect with you? <laughs> Yes. So first of all, Life After Corporate podcast is is great. There's also a Life After Corporate Facebook group, which you're more than welcome to join. Love to have you there. And um, to join my mailing list, there's a free download called Nine Questions to Ask Yourself if You're Ready to Make the Leap. And that is thegreatdoover.com slash nine, the number nine. And um, that will get you onto my mailing list. and Or you just email Deb at thegreatdoover.com. Love to hear from you. That's awesome. That's like such an, an easy thing to do. Just like, hey, shoot me an email. And what I would like to ask the listeners to this show is if you liked anything that we were talking about, um, and I, I think there were a lot of great things personally, but we'd love for you to sort of take a screenshot of the app that you're listening to and send either one of us a DM or send us a message and just say, hey, you know, I really liked what you were 
we're saying over here, we'd be happy to continue the conversation with you. Definitely tune into Deb's Life After Corporate podcast. It's amazing. And I'm not just saying that because she's on the, she leads podcast network, but yeah, just check Deb out. She's really the real deal and has a ton of experience and a lot of wisdom to offer. And I am just so happy that you were my guest today on this show, Sugar Coated. And I do think that we had some pretty raw conversation, but it was nice and sweet. So thank you so much, Deb. Thank you, Adrian. The She Leads Podcast Network.